Hi guys, welcome to this short little audio recording video, whichever you're listening or watching this, if you're on YouTube, welcome, thanks for coming and checking me out. If you are listening on podcast, then welcome to the Effective Teaching Podcast. Today, I'm going to be talking to you about feedback. In fact, I'm going to basically provide you a simple three-step process to help you leverage feedback to really be improving students' results and helping students to become more independent in this process because this three-step process can very easily be used as a template for your students to really help them to move forward. So number one, when it comes to feedback, you want to be identifying your wins or the students' wins in what you're looking at. So it could be a big major assessment, a quick pop quiz, it could be anything. You could just be watching them chat to a friend and you can give them feedback. Identify their wins and identify as many as you can, right? The more wins you can give them, the better. It just encourages them. Don't kind of reward them and go, oh, well done, you've got that answer really quick. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about identifying wins. So where they've actually put in effort, achieved something, where they've really gone through a proper process of evaluating, maybe they've done a really good job of putting in some persuasive writing and using examples and evidence to persuade you and come around to their perspective or whatever. We're talking about identifying those kinds of wins and you want to identify as many as you can, be as specific as you can, link it to like success criteria if you have some or your marking criteria and just go, well, you've done a really good job here, you're in this kind of part Uh, and then these are the things you've done well. Don't just go, this is a good job, well done, right? You want to say, you know, you've done a really good job of being persuasive here. I love these three examples that you used and the five pieces of criteria that you applied to those examples to show me that that is really the right way and it works. So that puts you here in the marking criteria. You see you've used the examples, tick, well done. You've been persuasive. You've used evidence, tick, fantastic. That is you being evaluative. So you're really highlighting their strengths and showcasing their wins in your feedback. And you can then make this their first step, right? If they're going to provide someone else with feedback, which they should start doing before they start doing their own feedback, right? And you just give them this, identify you know, three or four things that this student has done well, be specific about what they've done well and how that links to the criteria or how that um, helps them with their learning or helps them to be persuasive or is evaluated, whatever it is that they've done really well, right? Get them to be specific in what they write as their feedback for their classmate. And then you're going to use the same process later when they're doing it to themselves. The next step that you want to include in feedback, you need to highlight one at max two areas for improvement. Students get overwhelmed, right? If you give all this feedback, oh, you need to improve this, you need to do this, that bit needs a bit more tightening up. You've really used a lot of words you didn't need to use. Let's reduce them, cut out this word, this word, this word, and this word, right? Students will read all that and they go, where do I start with all this? There's so much feedback. I don't know how to actually make this better and I don't want to redo the same task, right? And so too much red is super deflating for our students. It's not motivational. It makes them just think, oh, I must be bad at this. I'm, I'm, I'm terrible. Because a lot of kids don't have a growth mindset. They don't go, well, I just need to improve and take the feedback and do everything I can to get better, right? Most kids go, well, I must be dumb. I must suck at math. So I must be terrible at English. I don't know how to make sense and evaluate you know, Shakespeare's Romeo and Juliet. I don't know how to do that. So I'm just going to give up. 
the language doesn't even make sense to me, right? This is what we're going to create if we just give them all this red. So start with just one thing, right? Maybe two if you feel like the student can handle it, but generally I would, I would stick to kind of one, right? And you want to try, so there's, there's two ways here with your feedback. One is content, right? If the student is still, you know, they can't recall information, they're really struggling with understanding the concept in general, then you're going to give them some basic guidance to kind of go, you really don't understand this. And then you might give them the steps that they can do to go and discover the right answers for the content that they're getting wrong. That's kind of the basic, very basic level. At a more important level, I guess, uh, I think it's more important than the content, is to give them feedback that really focuses on the skills that they needed to do well in the task. And so you're looking here at, you know, maybe you're trying to do a persuasive writing piece, maybe you're asking them to evaluate something, maybe you're asking them to think critically about someone else's perspective, or maybe you're asking them to apply a particular formula or process to a new context. Whatever it is, if you can provide feedback that focuses on the general skill, so maybe you can go, well, you, know, you weren't overly persuasive here, or you, if you added two more pieces of criteria to use to evaluate this, it would have been really great uh, for your persuasive stuff. Maybe you had, you know, if you had provided another, just one more example, that was in a different context, that would have made this paragraph a lot more convincing for me, like to the reader. And so you're giving them really spe uh, specific things that are in there, right? specific examples, but you're kind of focusing on the skill so that you're actually training them for next time. So they're not gonna fix up this particular essay maybe, or they're not gonna fix up this project they've been working on, but they can apply it and learn from it for their next project, right? And so, because they're developing the skill, you were overly persuasive here. This is what you could do to be more persuasive. And so that means that they're gonna be possibly more persuasive in their next task. And so you're just identifying one area that they really need to improve so that you can get them going. And the third step, which I've kind of already hinted at in this process. So the third step is to give them the next step for how they're going to actually improve it. So you know, if I was saying you know, they need to use more examples, right? that's what they need to do. And then I'm going to say, okay, so I want you to answer a new question or I want you to address this new kind of stimulus or topic and use more examples in the answer that you give me. Right, and just make this just write one paragraph that has more examples. And that is giving them the next steps to improve it. So you've told them they need to use more examples to improve the persuasiveness. And then they're going, right, here is the next step for you. You need to actually do this task, right, that I've laid out for you, and do that, like use your more examples in what you're doing here to improve that whole end process. And so you're just giving them one or two steps that they're gonna do. And then the real key here is for you to make sure that you allow time in your class for your students to then action that feedback. Okay? It's one thing for them to get it. If they, if they go home with that feedback, they're not gonna do anything. They're gonna chuck it in the bin, or if it's a good bit of thing, they might show their parents, their parents go, oh, well done, you did a good job, great mark, or whatever. They're not too likely to actually go home and action the feedback or do the thing that you want them to do to improve the skill that you're trying to develop in them. So you need to give them the time in class to do that. And it can be as simple as giving them five or 10 minutes to just action that, to just go, well, here's your stimulus, off you go, redo that section, persuade me. Or you, know, you need to practice 
how to do this cut in woodwork. So here we are, we're gonna do this cut now in class so you can practice, we're gonna do it three times, right? Just three times, cut out this shape, show me the afterwards, right? They're just developing that skill that they needed for the next time they need to cut something that has that particular shape in it or that particular tool that they might struggle to use. Uh, it could be how to critically analyze a text, a text and maybe they haven't uh, used good enough criteria and so you say, oh, you need to use better criteria. Here's a new text, it's only like three paragraphs long. I want you to critically evaluate it and use some criteria. I want you to use at least three pieces of criteria to evaluate this text in this content or whatever, right? And then they're gonna do that short little process, give it something short and sweet, but they're gonna action it. And that makes a big difference moving forward. Now, when you're thinking about trying to actually get them to become more independent in this process, these three steps become your scaffold. And so I will get my students to provide feedback to each other and they're gonna go, okay, uh, here's all the things they did well, these are all your wins, being really specific. Here's one thing you need to improve and here's a little activity you can do to improve that. And they're coming up with that. And so as they're practicing going through that process, they then can then move from giving feedback to other students to then giving feedback to themselves and going, here's my answer, here's the, here's the criteria, the success criteria, and I'm gonna go through here and go, here are all my wins, woohoo, right? Here's one thing I need to do to improve upon what is happening here, and this is an activity I can do to do that, and then they're gonna do that activity to improve it themselves. And that is really helping your students to become independent learners and, and having those skills just sets them up so well to become lifelong learners and to become successful later in life. Whenever they need to learn anything, they have this process that they've learned about how do I improve what I've got here? Yeah, how can I make this better? Well, let's have a look at it against some success criteria that maybe they've developed already or someone else has given them or anything. They're gonna give themselves some feedback about it and then think of how they're gonna improve it and then they can improve upon things and then come back and they're developing that skill. Yeah, musicians do this all the time. They go, oh, I'm really struggling to get this bit of the song. So they'll practice that bit of the song over and over again. Or they'll practice a similar song that has the similar skill set that they're gonna do, and then they'll build up from that into the song that they're struggling with or, what it, or anything. It's about really focusing on the bits that they're struggling with and then practicing it and giving them time to practice that. And so this three-step process for feedback really helps them to achieve that. Well, that brings us to the end of this episode. Now, I wanna share with you guys, I do have a book, you know, Work Less, Teach More, How to Be an Effective Teacher and Live a Life You Love. I give it away for free, right? I just ask people to pay for postage and handling. So for, I think it's 12 Australian dollars and like maybe eight US dollars, you can get this book posted out to you wherever you are all over the world. The aim of the book is to help reduce your workload help you to be a more effective teacher by focusing on the things that really matter, having a balanced life where you can actually spend time with your kids, with your family, with your friends, and still have the impact, right? not compromising your students in your classroom. And that's what the book is about. If you haven't got a copy, please go and grab one, head to teacherspd.net slash free WLTM for work less, teach more. You can then land on that page. It gives you all the details about the book and how what's in it and what you'll benefit from it. And then there's buttons there for you to click to go and just pay for postage so that you can get yourself a copy. I wanna give you a copy because 
At the moment, teachers are definitely working way too hard. Research says that you're working like 55 to 60 hours a week. We have teacher shortages at the moment as well all over the world. And you, know, you guys need a bit of a break. And so I'm trying to help you to reduce that by giving this away rather than paying for it on Amazon at like 25 bucks. Uh, it's more than half that to just get it posted to you. So please come and do that. TeachersPD.net slash free work less or free WLTM. <laughs> uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, the link is underneath. Uh, leave me a comment there as well. I'd love to know what you think of this episode and this process of feedback. And I look forward to chatting to you guys next week.